0: So I am Caroline Springfield, and my first disclaimer is that I don't enjoy speaking in front of people, (laughs) that I can talk to you one-on-one all day long about probably anything you want to hear about, and you're going to get more information than you want to hear from from me. And I also get really, the reason I don't like talking in front of people, especially about topics of children, is that I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I feel like I don't know anything that you don't already know. I think that we're all in the trenches, learning together and just doing the best that we can. And we're all making mistakes and trying to figure out how to fix the mistakes that we've made, <laughs> You've Got to damage control. Uh, but I do think Cameron asked me to speak today about a school-aged child because I have four children who fall squarely in that category. Uh, my oldest will be 12 this summer and she's in sixth grade. And then my youngest is six. And so, and the two boys are in between. They're um, almost 10 and 8. And so they are definitely in that elementary school age child. Or when you think about the way child development is broken down, it's infancy, toddler, infancy, toddler, preschooler. And then most of the books call it school age. And it's ages 6 to 12. So my children are right there. And then also, in addition to that, I am a speech pathologist. And my undergraduate degree is in special education and early childhood education and as I was preparing this I thought since I left this stage of development I have spent a whole lot of time with children I was a camp counselor I babysat I then taught school had my own children I volunteer in my children's classrooms and so I've been around a whole lot of children and they're all the same and different um, in all at the same time so Now that I have these four children who are in elementary school age, or elementary school for the next two, two and a half weeks, I really understand what people said when they got into elementary school age, that this is the sweet spot, that we're past the days of babies where you're up all night with babies, and we're past the toddlers that just, some people have the terrible twos, or I had the trying threes, and I'm past all of that, and then Preschool can be fun, but preschool can also be just tiring as a parent and then they get to elementary school and they go to school all day and they um, just kind of become their own individuals and if you read, and so it is the sweet spot because you, they're just, they're becoming who they're going to be for the rest of their lives. And um, professionals, if you read a child development textbook, it'll often say that school-aged children are the experts because they think they know everything about everything, <laughs> but they're still learning and growing, and I tell my children, and well, let me back up, I helped with... Sunday school training back in the at the end of the summer beginning of the fall and I did the same kind of talk on child development for a preschool child I thought no wonder our preschoolers have so much trouble because their minds I mean they're they're having to keep up with so much in their minds it's the same thing in school-age children it's just a different set of issues in their minds and I tell my children all the time that growing up is hard and um, because they are they have all these outside influences that are bombarding them with stimulation and they're trying to make sense of what it means to their world and um but then i also kind of say but actually life is hard you always are going to have that and you have to figure out how to deal with it and that's what our children are doing in elementary school they're figuring out how to deal with it so in the ages of um, between 6 and 12 it's a large continuum of change but Their development is driven by three basic psychological needs. And the first is to achieve competence. And the second is to achieve autonomy. And the third is to achieve relatedness. And so what do I mean by that? Uh, The first, to achieve competence. They need to be able to master and demonstrate new skills. And then autonomy. They need to make independent decisions and control their own behavior and then relatedness. They need to form good social relationships with peers and adults outside of their family. And so they naturally are going to be put in a place where they um, work on those skills and then we also have to provide them with opportunities that they can work on those skills. So um, I've already mentioned that it's a continuum of change and it doesn't happen overnight. If you think about that six-year-old going to first grade, and then think about that same child going into seventh grade or seventh grade as a 12-year-old, think about how much they've physically grown and changed, but they've also changed cognitively, they've changed socially, and they've changed emotionally and across the four realms of development, domains of development. Um, Kind of the big picture, things to think about with Continuum of Change. I like to think of that baby going all the way through child development till they're an adult. And when they're a baby, they are completely dependent on you for everything. But then our goal is that they leave our house and they're adults and they're independent, that they do everything for themselves. And these school age children from six to 12 are, it's the biggest category of age, and they make the most change from being dependent on you to being more independent and they um, enter school they enter school very self-centered where they think only of themselves they can't think of anything but that because their world is kind of revolved around that themselves and then they leave elementary school more self-aware at least we want them to that's our goal as parents and they also enter elementary school, very family-centered. Most of their world has happened within the context of their family. As parents, we can pretty much control their environment, what they do, who they're with. Uh, We get to say no a lot. And then we send them to school and they become more and more peer-centered and their world is more outside of our house. Um, They have more influence from teachers and coaches and other adults and their peers, so they become more peer-centered. Uh, one thing that if you think back to a child development or a psychologist class in college, you probably think of names like Sigmund Freud and Eric Erickson and Piaget, and they all have different theories of development, and Freud and um, Piaget really thought that this was kind of a boring time in life, that they hit a plateau and there wasn't much change, but I personally think that that is So far from the truth and Eric Erickson talked a lot about this age being the age of industry versus inferiority. And so at this age, our children are trying to find their industry. They're trying to figure out what they're good at. Um, what makes them special? And they're going to try a lot of things before they find that. Some of them, or some of them are going to try a lot of things before they find what they're good at. Some of them might pick up a baseball and that might be their first love and their only love. But some of them might go through many, many, many things before they find what they're good at. And for some of them, and I have one of these in my house that he, he is a great friend to a whole lot of people. And being social is some children's industry. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing to be a good friend to a whole lot of people. So, um, as parents, we, again, need to put them in places where they can test out and where they can see their successes and they can see their failures and um, to learn and grow from those successes and from their fit, their failures. And in determining that industry, they're also developing an identity and kind of who they see themselves as, who parents see them as, also who the outside world sees them as. and um, and at some other areas of continuum, their perspective of the world, when they go to kindergarten, their perspective of the world is very narrow. They just haven't had a whole lot of life experiences to give them a broad perspective. But every day that perspective grows and gets bigger and bigger. And they're able to see outside of themselves. And they're also able to see how they can do something and how it affects change on someone else and they also learn how to use that as manipulation to get things that they want and that's normal they all do it Um, and in that widening perspective they are they're exposed to different things some that we don't want them to be exposed to and they come home and try them out on you whether it's a word or an action or a tone and they're just trying things out as part of finding their identity and their industry And they also, with this broadening perspective, they really do enter kindergarten, and the world is kind of black and white. And then as their world broadens, their shades of gray come in. They have the ability to see things with just hints of gray that the world isn't all right and wrong. they enter kindergarten with a really strong sense of justice and fairness. And they still want that the older they get, but they realize that it's not always the case. The world is not fair. It's not always going to be just. All right, let me look at my dates of um, continue, things that change. Brain development. At age six when they enter kindergarten or first grade, depending on when the child's birthday is, You'll be glad to know they've all reached an age where they can reason. Uh, they might not seem like they can reason at six, but they have the mental capacity that they really can reason. They can understand, if I do this, then this is going to happen, and they can understand the why and the consequences, and um, they can get it. Those three-year-olds really can't. Uh, and then, by 12, so at the end of this spectrum, their cognitive and communication skills are almost equal to that of an adult say so a lot happens within those 6 years with their brain and their brain development and it also happens in the way that they are their schooling occurs and their mental abilities mature from very concrete problem solving where they need sensory input they either either need to see it very visually spelled out for them or they need to be able to touch it and feel it to make better sense of their world to an to abstract thinking that they can think through things that they don't see in front of them. And to help with this, we need to give them ways that they can solve their own problems. Um, And some other things that they need at this age is just they need room to fail in a safe environment. And that helps with their finding their industry and finding their identity. And we also need to give them room to develop their own independence um, because By the time they leave elementary school and are going on to middle school or junior high, they're really going to spend much more time without us than with us. And so they need to have that confidence in being independent and being able to make decisions. So it's just a quick summary of during these elementary school age years. Children make strides toward adulthood by becoming competent, independent, self-aware, and involved with peers and adults outside of their families. And there are three forces that combine to influence these: their self-confidence and engagement in tasks. And the first is their cognitive changes, and then uh, those cognitive changes, not only with the brain development, but it helps to heighten their ability to reflect on their own successes and failures. They can just see more clearly. They're more self-aware, as I said. A broadening of children's worlds to encompass peers, adults, and activities outside of the family. And then, exposure to social comparison and competition in school classrooms and peer groups. So, now that, now how do we relate what I just said to the spiritual formation of our children? And before we talk about the questions that Cameron gave Emily and me, uh, I think, and Emily now, Price and I were talking about this earlier. That we can't do this for our children, but the greatest gift we can encourage with our children is for their identity to be in Christ. That it does their performance at the end of the day does not matter um, because eventually they're going to fail, even if it's not until they get to college or after college. But they're going to be met with failures, and uh, those failures are going to hurt really badly. But the younger they are that they recognize that their identity is in Christ, the the better they're going to be able to deal with those failures and with just life in general. So, um, And we can't make that happen for our children, but we can talk about it with them and um, try to help get to their heart with that and just pray a lot through it.